breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us. Lots of discussion over what what was in the HB two and how much bacon was brought home. Um Jimmy Davis Bridge cut out, some of the small towns around our area were lost funding. How did Shreveport fare in uh getting money from the state as the legislative session winded down? It appears to me that we got just about what we asked for. Uh, somewhere, if you look at all the categories, it's somewhere north of $75 million. Did we lose anything that you had on your wish list? No. Nothing? Wow. Nothing. Wow. It looks like the biggest item we got was, it looks like $75 million to, for the state office building downtown. Um, is that the biggest ticket item for Shreveport that you could see? Well, that one was going to be there. I, I don't count that in, in ours because the state, the state was pushing that. But, right. yes, that's a big item. Okay. What are that's some of the priorities item. that you you got funding for that you're you're happy to um, get moving on? Our prior we – we had two main ones. There were a, a bunch of them that were continuations from prior years, but they also got continued funding. But the two that I was most interested in were – uh, uh, funding for, it's about a uh, little over ten million dollars for the Amtrak uh, platform, where where we hope to have Amtrak passenger trains uh, passing in connection with that grant that we've been discussing. Has a location uh, second, for that been been selected yet? Yeah, our proposed location. Amtrak will eventually make that decision. Our proposed location is right behind where we have purchased. Sun Furniture Store over on uh, on Texas Avenue, okay. Texas at Murphy, uh, because that ties into all of our intermodal facility and terminal there so that you really would have access to every means of public and private transportation from that location. And the second big item you, you got funding for? The second big item uh, that was specifically for, uh, for the city uh, is a realignment of Kings Highway going into the fairgrounds. Uh, if you notice, when you when you go in, you have to jog to the left and jog to the right, and uh, that that will be helpful for uh, potential transformational redevelopment at the fairgrounds. But it'll be helpful period to get in and out of the, the fairgrounds. And in addition to that, uh, we received funding for the repair of the Linwood. Overpass, not the replacement, but the repair of the Linwood overpass. Now, now the and Kings the Highway Fairgrounds entrance. If you're going straight from like where that Southern May Donuts is, uh, straight toward the fairgrounds, you're going to have to go right past the uh, that historic number eight fire station. Is that going to involve going around that a little bit? I mean, how's that how's that going to affect that historic building? We're going to do everything we can to preserve that. Uh, with the with the route of it, uh, Willis Knight that owns is, that, right? Sir, doesn't Willis Knight own that? As I sit here, I can't answer that question. Okay, uh, 
I thought uh, the Aaron, city I, swapped I, I that property for the property on the corner where the new station I may be was wrong. built. We're getting off into on the weeds. Road. But, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. But you're, th- that's going to be a, a much easier way to get into the fairgrounds, correct? It will, and, that, and that's what the design is for. And, and it will be beneficial to the fairgrounds, uh, but it will also be beneficial for the Rev Entertainment Project. And that's the reason, the, the possibility of the Rev Entertainment Project is the reason that that was uh that that was in it as you uh, as you look at this list from what you got this year are you starting to put together next year's list can you give us a sneak peek of what you would like to include next time i really haven't um we we got into this so quickly because uh, a list had already been prepared before we took office uh our uh, it had a large large number of um of requests, some of which had dollar signs by them, some of which did not. And uh, our our basic philosophy was we would rather have a rifle shot than a shotgun shot. And mm. so we picked out three or four really important items to make sure that we got those, rather than having funds spread a bunch of a uh, bunch of things that we would continue. But a lot of those things also uh, also got traction in and of themselves. So we were very very happy about that. Let me see what those are. Um, there's a $41 million dealing with the health care corridor mm-hmm. uh, between the fairgrounds and uh, and I-49, which will be very important and, and also important for the, uh, for the plans for development for Rev Entertainment. Uh, there's some Greenwood Road uh, improvements. There was uh, uh, in the supplemental bill, and I think this is mostly uh, Cedric Glover's uh, workmanship. Uh, he got seven hundred thousand dollars for a swim program, <clears throat> which Good. ought to take that uh, project swim for about ten years, uh, which is very important. It's so critically important that we teach every child possible in the city of Shreveport how to swim. We're just surrounded by water. Sometimes mm-hmm. it comes up and looks like fun to be in the ditch. But uh, if you don't swim, that yeah. ditch can be your mm-hmm. deathbed. Speaking of that, we got a little funding for Bayou Pierre, but it's uh, I think it's in Priority 5 um, for drainage improvements there. That's a critical right. need in the southern part of the city. Are you working to kind of get that as a higher priority for, from our local lawmakers? We are. I think this takes care of our special projects, and uh, now I think next year we'll have a, a more defined list. That usually comes out in the fall, mm-hmm. and so as we're looking at our 2024 capital operating budgets, we'll be looking at those things to include in that in that list. But I, as I say, my philosophy is uh, to ask seriously for uh, a handful of, of large-ticket items that will really be transformative uh, mm-hmm. from the state and not to have uh, four pages of, of smaller ones that could get lost in the shuffle. Tom, sorry, Mayor Arsenault, I apologize. Um, I'm doing a, a... It's a long-time friendship. Here. I know. I'm, I'm, doing a, I'm doing kind of a stacking up of, of what city's got what. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's almost embarrassing. Um, are you hopeful that as mayor you can do a little better on that i mean i know it's our lawmakers job too but we seem to get the short end of the stick and it's happening over and over and over again and um is there something our mayor can do to help that well i think what i can do the kind of things that i did to that one setting real priority 
when when you have a list of four or five pages of uh, a wish list of four or five pages, it's very difficult to go down and argue for all of those. Uh, so I think it's important to have to prioritize your your needs uh, so that you can get the your highest priority needs made. Second thing is uh, I did spend some time in the legislature. Uh, this time I will plan to spend more uh, next year. We have uh, what I consider to be a very effective lobbying team in the Delta Group, uh, Delta Resource Group. Uh, I think they did a terrific job for us keeping us informed, letting us know who we needed to call, who we needed to see, when we needed to be down there. And uh, and I, I just felt very comfortable that we had a very good program going, and, and I think the results are really terrific. One oh one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, the latest candidate for sheriff of Caddo Parish, Henry Whitehorn joining us. Good morning, Mr. Whitehorn. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Good morning. Well, we thank you for taking time to talk with us. I I'm looking at your resume. My gosh, superintendent of the Louisiana State Police, uh, U.S. Marshal for the Western District of Louisiana. You were former police chief for Shreveport. Man, very impressive. You could just retire. Why are you running for Caddo Parish Sheriff? Well, you know, it would have been easy uh, for me to sit on the sideline uh, and watch. But I know this is what I've been called to do. Uh, you mentioned my training, uh, my experience. Uh, that has all prepared me to serve as, to serve you and to serve the parish, actually. Um, I also believe that I can best be of service to my community as sheriff. You know, I know right now that this is a critical time for our sheriff's department. Uh, first, in terms of its relationship with the community. And second, because our nation is going through a transition in policing right now, and I believe that I am the person best suited to oversee uh, this type of transition. Why are you the best? Based on everything I've done, uh, Aaron. You know, uh, you just read my uh, y'all just read my resume, and uh, I've done a lot. Uh, I've worked through uh, uh, serious issues. Uh, I've served on the Human and Civil Rights Committee with the International Association of Chiefs of Police. So, and I'm a member of the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives, uh, who is the conscience. Our motto is we're the conscious of law enforcement. And so there's so much going on in our country, as you know, uh, and things that uh, that we really need to address that's not being addressed. Now, you, you said in your statement that you were not running against Sheriff Prater, but more running for the office, what would you do different than what's being done right now if you were sheriff? Well, as you know, a lot of our issues uh, deal with uh, our youth, and juvenile court, uh, space, uh, and our uh, CCC, uh, the juvenile division uh, right now. We had an incident just yesterday, just yesterday, where an, uh, a carjacker, was released from the hospital. They couldn't book him at 
the juvenile detention center because they were full. Federal CDC wouldn't accept them because they said they didn't have space. So from 5 to about 11 o'clock, this officer has to sit there with this juvenile court jacket in the car. That's unacceptable, and we can do better. What could the sheriff do to change that? We're housing C, uh, uh, juveniles out at CCC now. There's space available. You just got to work it out, figure it out. Somebody should have a solution. That's the sheriff's responsibility. You said just a moment ago there are some things that are not being addressed, and you made you gave that example. Are there other examples of things that are not being done or that you would do differently? I would work closer with our law enforcement partners. Uh, you know, I was the chief of police here for almost three years. I served as state police superintendent, so I worked intricately with these different law enforcement agencies. I served as U.S. Marshal. Uh, you have seen the headlines mm-hmm. where the mayor and citizens alike have been calling on law enforcement to try to work together. As sure, you are not going to have to call me and ask me to help. I'm going to be there. I'm going to know what's going on. I'm going to be on the street. I will be offering that assistance uh, all the time. It's not going to be where, uh, for a Mardi Gras parade. you got to beg to get assistance. Is that what's happening now? We have to you have to request it. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're elected sheriff and you put that hat on and that badge on, uh, what are the first three things you're going to do? I'm going to do a, a thorough assessment, meet with my staff. The, we, we got some great people working at the sheriff's office. So you want to meet with those leaders, figure out what their needs are, uh, do a thorough assessment of the, the department. And uh, then you start making decisions. Uh, you don't just walk in the door and say, I'm going to change this and change that. Uh, we got folks that's doing great work, but we got to figure out what the needs are. Is it time for a new sheriff in Caddo Parish and why? It's time for a change. It's time for a change. And, uh, you know, even going, I've, I've talked to people from Vivian to Keithville, from Bethany to uh, uh, Broadmoor, and they're all saying the same thing. It's time for a change. We also have an issue with the bed space at the juvenile court. We've been studying it. We've been studying it, and and it doesn't seem like the parish commission has been doing anything to find more beds. Um, Will you be leading that charge to try to solve that problem? You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but we need more room to house juveniles. Um, yes, we will look at and address that. Um, there may be space that's already available. There are other types of things that if the juveniles are not committing serious violent offenses, uh, those juveniles that's out there doing carjacking, uh, shooting, those folks need to be locked up. Uh, but th- there may be other alternatives for some of the lesser offenses, uh, because we also know that uh, jail creates lasting damage on our young people. In fact, confinement most often results in higher rates of rearrest. So we, we, we have to look at the entire situation and not just focus on, well, we need 10 more beds. Let's look at, let's holistically look at this 
and then address those issues because it may be space already available that we're not utilizing. Chief, I'll, I'll forever call you Chief. I'm sorry. Um, the If you talk to police officers who are rolling the streets, deputies that are rolling the streets, they will tell you that it's the same 200 people that are causing all the havoc in our community and that if we did just lock those people up, we could address a huge problem, a, a, a huge, make a huge dent. Do you agree with that strongly or not? Uh, there, we need to have targeted uh, uh, investigations on the folks that we know that's committing the majority of our crimes. That's, that's without a doubt. We've done that in the past. But you can't just arrest your way out of some of these situations. Uh, as I mentioned, taking a holistic approach. Uh, poverty is a big issue uh, in our in our community. And so we've got to figure out ways to keep people from uh, wanting to even get involved in crime. And you arrest 10, you get those 10 off the street. If you hadn't taken care of the, 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 the problem dealing just with the uh, symptom, then you're going to have 10 more that's going to take their place. But, but uh, we're talking with Henry Whitehorn, candidate for Caddo Parish Sheriff. Uh, Mr. Whitehorn, part of the problem is it's been said that a very, very small number of people are continually committing the bulk of the crime, especially violent crime in our area. You, we arrest 10, but eight of them get out. We don't keep them in jail. Are you going to work to try to, you know, the sheriff's department, the police department, they're doing their job trying to get criminals off the streets, but they're not kept off the streets. They're released back into the system. Would you do anything to help help keep them in jail? Uh, yes, I would. If, if they're convicted, uh, you know, there, there's a process. Just because you make an arrest, that's not the end of it. You got to follow through with your prosecution. And, you know, we got to make sure that we're committed to training our police officers from how to not just make an arrest, but how to write good reports, how to follow through with your testimony in court, how to make sure that you are able to have sound prosecution from start to finish. And, and some of it is, um, you know, we have to work with our uh, police officers work with the district attorney's office, work with the judges, making sure that we have presented everything that we need to present for a sound prosecution. It's no secret, Chief Whitehorn, that um, the sheriff's been a bit critical of the judicial judicial process, saying he's got some inmates backed up in his jail for four and five years awaiting trial. Is that something you can help with? Is that something you'll work harder with the district attorney to, to solve that backlog? Uh, I will work with all the criminal justice entities to uh, come up with solutions as I can uh, to address the issues that we face. Uh, I was at a meeting not long ago, and I heard a judge talking about the number of uh, prosecutions that have happened in cattle versus other places, and the numbers here are way higher than prosecutions in other parishes. So, uh, and those are, those are public records. But, uh, we, we have to be willing to work in concert with all of our criminal justice partners, our law enforcement partners, to ensure that we are all doing what we can do. 
to keep those violent criminals off our One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh state representative from Houghton, Louisiana, Dodie Horton joining us. Dodie, good morning. Good morning. How are you? We are wonderful. Thanks for talking with us. Yesterday, we spoke with uh, state rep out of Houma, Louisiana, the speaker pro tem, Tanner McGee, and he told us that you had agreed to vote to lift the spending cap, um, and then you went, well, I think he said you waffled back and forth before voting not to. But what say you to that accusation? I would say that that's a lie. I never waffled or told anyone that I was going to vote for busting the cap. In fact, when texting uh, with Chairman Stuart Bishop, he even reminded me when I told him that I would not vote to bust the cap. And he says, um, let me see, uh, the, week, uh, the week that I told him that I was not going to bust the cap is when we were at the Pentagon on Acadiana Day. And I was talking to him about our projects for the town of Halton and, and Bossier Parish in my district and um, the status of those. And then um, he asked about if I was going to be able to bust the cap, and I said no. And so that was all that was said. But I took that vote very seriously, and I just never could come to grips with, let's just say, would, would, would you write me a check for $1.4 billion dollars? before I told you how it was going to be spent? Mm, no. I don't think so. And all the, all we wanted to know was how much over the cap do you plan to go? How do you plan to spend it? And will one-time dollars be used for reoccurring debt? We never could get a solid answer on that. But, um, I, you know, it's, never was there any promises of votes exchanged for projects, but there were many threats. Even our own senators, you know, threatened projects in our mutual district. I mean, I, I, you know, what senator would cut projects or support the cutting of projects in our, our districts that align? Uh, and now, so, now we're hearing that your district got hit hard. That Benton. It, it did. Uh, it and, did. and that's just and I, out of spite? Yeah, I believe it was. And I, and if this had not been election year, I don't believe that would have ever happened. I have never, since I've been elected, been treated and, uh, with such malice and intent. And, uh, when, when, uh, and I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that even John Bell's veto pen never, never did the damage that two people did to my district, to our people and to uh, our tax dollars. I'm, I'm, I'm also shocked. told, let me ask you this, Dodie, I'm also told that the governor's veto pen may come for other projects in your district, and I was told this yesterday, that there may be other items that could get vetoed in your district, line-itemed out of the budget by the governor because he's that upset with you. Um, would that surprise you? Uh, no, it would not. And I, I represent a district. I don't represent uh, uh, Baton Rouge. I don't represent Tanner McGee's district. Why a trial attorney from Tahoma would care to come on our local radio show and and tr- do what and say the things that he did in order to, I guess, to give my opponent a narrative of some sort was beyond my belief. 
um, I was just shocked that he would do such a thing. But then again, uh, maybe I shouldn't be. And to say that you need to elect people that work well with others, I believe he's saying to send him someone who agrees with him, who aligns with his philosophy. And uh, I can assure you, Aaron, I would never have been able to get the bills passed that I have and sit to the governor's desk without having the relationships that I have with the body. When you, you mentioned uh, that two people have decimated your district, what two are you referring to? Well, uh, I'm referring to uh, Chairman Bishop and Tanner McGee. They slashed and slashed, and and, uh, and uh, I hear with, with someone that was observant um, that just, just ripped my district apart. And I, out of the 19, supposedly, that we that uh, stood on a principle and um, to not bust the cap knowing that if we had only put 60 billion and more into the rainy day fund it would have triggered the law that we passed in 2021 and every louisiana taxpayer would have received a a, a, a lower tax base it would have flattened the rate um you know we had many reasons not to but they slashed and they gutted and i was the the focus of that um that uh, I guess you could say retaliation. And uh, I, I knew that the politics of Huey Long still existed in that building, but until now, I had never been a victim of it. Let Not me ask Dodie, this one really, in, in Tanner McGee's, all of the remarks he made to us yesterday, this one stood out when he acted like the Jimmy Davis bridge cut was an accident. They didn't realize they were doing that. I went and looked at the bill. It's listed like Bossier Parish. Here's what the project is. Jimmy Davis Bridge, 140 million. How can you accidentally cut something from that budget and say you didn't realize what you were cutting? That sounded disingenuous when I thought ba- thought about it over again. Am, am I right? You're right. You're exactly right. He saw my name attached to that project as being responsible and working with Senator Beryl Peacock to to acquire that funding. He saw my name and he striked and that's when he acted. So they and did it. They that, did it. They literally did a search. And if Dodie Horton's name was attached to it, they said scratch. Well, that's that's what the uh, it appears to be. Did you get and anything? Had, Is there any and any bills in capital outlay or construction that Dodie Horton's name was attached to that were approved? Uh, I believe just the one that's uh, still for for a realignment in the uh, town of Halton. Uh, we have one point five million in the uh, in P one. And I can tell you. Let me just tell you this. Um, last of April or first of May, I went and talked to Chairman Bishop because last year they re- it really was horrible the way I was treating the capital outlay. He was non-existent. I think he had some health issues, and so I just you know kind of looked over it. But we still had certain projects in, and uh, with and with P one money, that's cash line, and P five is really just words on paper. Um, it just tells the total amount of a project but the only thing that really counts is what you have in p1 and so we sat down and he told me that i want to make it right i'm going i'm going to make right what i did to you last year and we're going to take care of you before i leave i want to make sure i write these wrong so we sat down and went project by project by project he even funded uh, these projects that were in hb2 when they left the house in p1 money in a, in a, 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 a tremendous way. And there was no 
price that I had to pay for that. There was no exchange for votes for that. That was what our district deserved. Our taxpayer dollars needed to be here locally. The Halton area has grown exponentially. And so there, I was just shocked when he went back and, and just, just took it all away. But I can tell you a new day's coming. We're going to elect a Republican governor. And who better be to be in the, be in my, going in my last term to work with the Republican governor and to right all these wrongs? The, this setback is temporary. One zero one seven FM, 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty. Coming up after the news, uh, there are death row inmates that have, well, you won't believe this. Mm. Actually, given our current state of affairs, you you just, you probably will. Yeah. We're going to talk about that next. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keo. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty Aaron, I'm looking over this list of inmates uh on death row and there are fifty seven I can't go through all of these during this segment. Mm-hmm. Um death penalty imposed in two thousand eight for Anthony Bell. Five counts of first degree murder. Mm-hmm. It's almost 20 years. It's hard to believe. Yeah. That's what, 15, 16 years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, this, uh, Daniel Black, 1997. That's that's almost... I mean, these are almost 30... They, these, they've been on death row for almost 30 years. God. 1990, Scott Bork. First degree murder. Shot his, shot his girlfriend in St. Martinville. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could go through the list. Is Nathaniel Code on? We there? all remember Nathaniel Code. How long has he been on? I, Thirty I'm, years, I'm, isn't I've it? Got to look down. Oh yeah, he. he <sighs> I mean, it's here. He is. Nineteen eighty-five. They want clemency. Now, fifty-one of these inmates have applied. Now, understand, they didn't all get together and go, "Hey, let's all apply for clemency." Right. There, there is an attorney, uh, Cecilia Capel. She's director of the Capital Appeals Project, and she's an attorney for several of the inmates that have filed clemency applications. <laughs> and you have to go, okay, wait a minute, why now? Mm-hmm. Why all of a sudden are fifty-one of these inmates applying for clemency at the same time? Because John Bill Edwards. Has, has vocalized now his opposition to the death penalty. He wants to abolish Louisiana's death penalty. He does. How about, how about enforcing the death penalty? How about enacting the death penalty? Mm-hmm. We, we haven't had, we 50, haven't executed anyone in how many years? Not since he's been governor, I know. Well, no, it's been, it's been a long time because, mm-hmm. um, they're arguing over the, 
It's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. They're arguing over the drugs being used. Mm. So, but the, but the thing is, this, this, this attorney, Capel, has said, you know what? Edwards only has like what, six, a little over six months left in, in office. Right. Elections coming up. He'll, the new governor will be sworn in in January. Yes. So, and, and we know Edwards has now come out, you know, his stance on, uh, he says he's pro-life. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's far more left than he wanted people to believe, mm-hmm. obviously, when he yep. was running. And, and he stated his opposition to the death penalty. Mm-hmm. So uh, this lawyer, Capel, goes, oh, let's see if we can get all these these death penalty convictions repealed. And he may do it. He may blanket the against it. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, the only thing, that, to, in my opinion, that would keep him from doing this is if he wanted... It, it's been talked that he wants to run for the Senate. Right. And if he wants to represent Louisiana, still in another capacity, he he can't do this. Yeah, it would be politic. It would be politically damaging to him. In in Louisiana, it absolutely would. Uh, I'm surprised they all haven't asked him for clemency. Well, that's what you I know, that was my like, thought too. Everybody, get on the train. Where are the other six? Why are yeah. they not jumping on this board? Oh, on, on the board. show here, they yeah. probably will. Before the end of the year, they probably will jump on board. But, you know, there have been murderers that have said, kill me. Just execute me. I don't want to live like this. Um, I I would hazard, I mean, I have spent some time at Angola. I could rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> I have been to Angola many times. I have visited death, the death chamber. I have visited many of the other barracks or whatever you call them, pods, and... They're just not going to have fun in because they'll be in a maximum security pod where, you know, they're not they're not protected like you are on death row where you have your little individual. I mean, they will be if you killed a child and you're at Angola, get ready for hell because they're going to the inmates will take care of you. If you if you have raped a child or you're a rapist, they're going to take care of you. And on death row, you're pretty well protected. So. You know, if he does give them clemency, maybe we can hope, you know, that the system will take care of itself. Well, that's an interesting point. If you follow me. I don't know if John Bell Edwards, and I pray he has not, lost loved ones or family members to violent crime. Mm. Okay? Right. Our family has. Yeah. My wife's family has been victims to violent crime, murder. Mm-hmm. Not once. Twice. Uh We've gone through this. My my wife's uncle was Isidore Roseman. Oh, my. The jeweler on Stoner Avenue. Yeah. We were dating during that time. And I remember going to court during that. And uh, I'm not going to go into details. It's devastating. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, my nephew was the pastor in Arlington, Texas who was murdered when uh, the suspect broke into their church, God. Beat, beat their 70-year-old secretary near to death, mm-hmm. and killed our, uh, our nephew, the pastor. 
We'll see what the governor does on so, these. It's tragic. To, to say that he he's going to, you know, offer clemency. Now, he hasn't said anything. No. But but to, to this is just offensive. This is yeah. offensive. And, and um, the other thing that we need to watch for, too, is pardons. You know, his last, he can well, pardon people thing. and open exactly. the jails. Exactly. And is he going to open the jails and let people out? I'm a little bit afraid of that, to be honest. I don't like the other one either, but I'm a little bit afraid of who's he going to pardon on the way out the door. Ugh. Because, oh, you know, all, all, all well, that, all bets are off. Yeah. Because again, he's turned out and can't re- and can't run again. Mm-hmm. At least not in this current election. Yep. Micah McCarty, one hundred one seven FM, seven ten. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike M. McCarty. A lot of people leaving the state of Louisiana. It, it really it's is frustrating. Just, it's very frustrating. And it's one of those, you know, I get I get about two thousand emails a day, I'll be honest. Are I get you a serious? lot. I get a lot of emails. Yeah, and I get a lot of PR stuff. Donald Trump sends me stuff. Joe Biden sends me stuff. And I get every PSA you can imagine. Right. Okay. I get every study that's done, all the polls that are done. So I get the, the annual report on where people are moving from and who they're mo- what states they're moving to. And so, you know, I open it and I'm like, let me just see. And as expected, folks are leaving Louisiana. They're going to states where they can live a better life, where there's better uh, facilities for them, where there are better roads, where they have a better standard of living, um, where they have a better government structure. There's a lot of things on this list. You can see all the details on the Keel app or at keelnews.com. But I look to see, because a lot of people have told us, oh, the South is booming. Everybody in the South is booming but us. So I said, is that true? Let me go look at this. Mike, it's true. Yeah, in fact, we're the only state in the South that has an out migration as opposed to an incoming. Well, that are in the top ten majority. Yeah, in the top top ten list. Right. The top ten list of states losing people. Listen to the states losing people, and you'll understand why. New Jersey, (laughs) Illinois, Chicago, New York, yeah, Michigan, Wyoming, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. Because it costs so damn much there. Nebraska, Louisiana's number nine, and California is number 10. All those states are losing people. When you measure, when you put the buckets together, people coming in, people leaving, they're leaving Louisiana. The states gaining people? How many of those are blue states versus red states? Oh, probably all. I think all. I think, I think you're absolutely right. Maybe not Nebraska. I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't pay much attention to that, I hate to say, but 10 states gaining people. Think about this. This boggles my mind. Yeah, because we talked a little bit about this yesterday uh, after the show, Mm -hmm. and and I I tried to guess 
I was wrong. No Florida. No Florida. No Texas. Yes. Number one state gaining people. Listen to this. <laughs> Vermont. In the a northeast. Of, a lot of syrup lovers. Where it's cold and no real big metro area where you got all kinds of, you know, stuff to do. The reason they're going there, and one of the big reasons, is they have made mandatory maternity and paternity leave for businesses, not just government. Businesses have to provide mandatory maternity and paternity leave. So people that are in those birthing years are like, okay, I'll go work there. That's cool. Oregon is number two on the list. Blew my mind. Oregon. Oregon. Who wants to move there? You know why? No sales tax on anything. Even the big ticket items, I'm told. Okay, but they've got to make it up another way. I'm sure the property tax is higher. Property tax and income tax. Yes, I'm sure it is higher. But people are still able to save money. And during these inflationary times, people were deciding, I'm going to go where my dollar stretches farther. And the cities that are attracting people, almost all of them were like beach cities, close to the beach. You've got Myrtle Beach on the list, Punta Gorda, Florida, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, the list goes on. But you can see all this on the website, keelnews.com. we got to fix this. This is embarrassing. Well, I want to ask you some questions when we come back. Okay. I'll take a break. Micah McCarty, 101.7 FM. Seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty talking about uh, Louisiana's out migration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and my my first question is: red states or blue states? You know, obviously we know Illinois. You know, yeah. California. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty easy to determine. Uh, but we, we, you made the comment uh, during, just at the end of the last segment. We've got to do better. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know we need better roads. Yes. We know we pay higher taxes than any other state in the union. Right. Income taxes. Um, we know we we need better schools. What what can we do better? Our budget has increased from twenty five billion to fifty billion. In in about eight years, yeah. Yeah. Since we, our current governor has been in office, what did you hear? I mean, what he elections just said? matter. I, know. I say this over and over. Twenty nine billion eight years ago, right? Was our state I said budget twenty five? Twenty nine. That's okay. And we're now closing in on forty nine. I think billion or forty eight. I don't know where it's right there. Mike, I'm okay with that. If thank you, yeah. we have wonderful roads. Our schools are the top performers in the country, or in the South even. Our teachers are some of the best paid. Our, you know, our infrastructure, our bridges, our, you know, but we look good. Yeah, none of that. None of that. We've got a bridge thousands of people drive over every day from Shreveport to Bossier, from Bossier to Shreveport, every day that is literally falling apart. Mm-hmm. 
and funding was just cut. Yeah. Out of spite. Mm Mm-hmm. They want to make us make sure we know it's not going to be cut. They're going to build it. It's going to be put back. No, but the point was made. The point, yeah. So It's not in HB2, is it, folks? Public safety is not a concern. Making a point is a concern. And and I really want to stress to and 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 I know our conservative lawmakers know where I'm coming here, but we need all of them to look at that and start screaming. How are how are, how did we have a 29 billion dollar budget eight years ago, and our budget's now 48 billion? Okay, let's set aside all the massive amounts of money that got pumped into the state for COVID. Let's discount all that. Yeah, we because still, that's one time funding. It's gone. Yes, it's gone. It's not coming back again. Right. Figure out where all this money's going. And let's figure out what we're doing so wrong and what other people are doing so right. And let's figure it out before 30 minutes before the vote. How about that? And before it's an election year and you have a governor headed out the door who's going to pull out his veto pen, he could scratch who knows what. You ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, we haven't heard about all the vetoes coming. it's... I mean, he. I'm told that he's going to scratch anything that has the word Houghton on it. If it says Houghton on it, I'm told he's going to scratch it. I don't know that's true. We got. We got to take a break. We'll, we'll, we'll continue now that my blood pressure is up. Yeah. One zero one seven. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Is it Friday yet? Almost. Oh. Almost. Uh, Aaron Aaron has got a story on <clears throat> keelnews.com, Excuse me about outward migration in Louisiana, and you know, Aaron, it's easy to sit and go, yeah, we got the worst roads. Yeah, mm-hmm. our education is near the bottom of the list now. Congratulations to Dr. Kate Brumley. They're making progress. Mm-hmm. They are making progress. Things, you know, there are some things that look better. Uh, I will say that. Um, but then when you go and pass a one-time bonus for teachers, one time, do you know how yeah. angry teachers are today? $2,000. Teachers hey. are ticked. They are so mad. And how you do that in an election year is beyond me. Beyond so, me. So if you were emperor for a day, king oh for a day. Oh, my Oh what, my! What 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 changes would you implement for the state of Louisiana to change this crap? Oh boy, I would I would completely bring in a, a financial. What do you call it? A financial team? What are they? A forensic financial team? And I would scrub everything. I would scrub everything in that budget. I've told the story. You've heard the story a zillion times. My mother worked for the state of Louisiana for years, and she'd get to the end of the year, and she'd come home with a oh, stapler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she'd come home with the scissors. They'd have the little tag, state of Louisiana, on it. And I would say, Mama, we don't need any more staplers. We're okay. And she would later, when I got old enough to understand, she would go, well, we get to the end of the year and we have money in the budget to buy new office equipment. Got to spend it or lose we it. We got to spend it or we lose it. Right. So we buy new staplers. And they say, y'all just throw those away or take them home. That's your tax dollars hard at work. So we buy new sta- Were the old staplers broken? Did we get newfangled staplers? No. 
No, we just have to spend the money. We have to stop doing that. And that's just one little agency in state government, and it happens over. And my mama wasn't the only employee bringing stuff home. Trust me. She wasn't the only one. It was widespread. It's ridiculous. I'd hire competent people at the Drum Lab Bureau. That would help. That would help. People to answer the phone. Mm Mm-hmm. That know what they're talking about. (gasps) Imagine that. Yeah. Two days, Aaron. Two days trying to get my drum line straightened out after mm-hmm. insurance debacle. It's just ridiculous. It's too much. Too much. So, yeah. We're, we're trying to encourage new business to coming. We're trying to encourage people to come move into our state. We got it. We've got to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Micah McCarty, 1017 FM, 710. Seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty. Ruben, did you bring his meds? No, I forgot. You oh, forgot? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, look, I didn't think I was going to be here this morning. You got a little tummy yeah. bubble. Oh my gosh! One o'clock this morning, I woke up. I I was sweating, nauseous, upset, tummy. Oh. I mean, it was it was. I almost passed out. Wow. I mean, wow. literally, I'm swaying in in. And, and I'm going, okay, I'm here by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this, you want to hear something funny? This ain't going to be good. Um, Robert used to say, "This is." I'm thinking I'm getting this quote right. The severity of a man's illness <laughs> is determined by his proximity to a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you walked in the room near me. Oh, you're dying. You're dying. <laughs> you had no woman there to you hear me you to walking wind. down the hall. <laughs> Open the door. But it's so true. My brothers, my brothers, if they were by themselves, yeah, I'll be all right. I'm, I'm doing fine. If their wife, wife walked in the room, oh, I'm I, dying. Honestly, Can you get me some soup? <laughs> I'm not like that because my wife will go, look, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> she she ain't playing it. She's a registered you're, nurse. You're not getting any sympathy no, from a she nurse. Yeah. Way worse than I was me. saying Ruben's yeah, in the same you, boat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting any sympathy. <laughs> thank you. Get your butt up and make your own damn soup. <laughs> and I thought, I can't call Aaron. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. I yeah. can't call her yet. No. And and, and I, I, I did get to go back to bed. Oh, good. Okay. And and uh, it kind of went away. Good. So I... But, but I was... A little worried. Yeah. Well, now, you're, are did, you better now? I, I think so. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not I'm, happy with you. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I'm not happy with you. You were like 30 minutes late getting my coffee in here. I know. I, I, I didn't it. get it. I didn't get it made because I was not feeling real well. I, I don't want any coffee this morning. I'm out, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Let me hold on. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> but Ruben, you know, I, I, I mentioned earlier, I said I, I did start a new med. Uh, uh, that could be it. Uh, earlier this week. Okay. So that's what it is. That that could be. Now I had dinner at my sister's and they, we cooked burgers. Don't say that on the radio. <laughs> oh, okay. Edit that out, Reuben. <laughs> I'm wondering if anybody else got sick. <laughs> my my, my brother in law says he loves me, but now I'm kind of wondering. Because <laughs> when I went to get my burger, he goes, "No, no, 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 this one's yours." So I. No one's going to eat at their house again now. I had nothing to do with this, sister. Nothing to do with this. 
This is all oh, on him. I'm sure that was fine. Yes. You just, you got it from the meds. I think it's the meds. Yeah. Change of meds does a lot of things to us, especially at your advanced age. Yeah. Thank you. Jeez. <laughs> Tough room to today. Rough room. Ninety three KMBQ. Oh, thanks. Wait, I'm not at that station anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coming up just after the local news, uh, Shreveport Director of Water and Sewerage William Daniel going to talk to us about uh, people are complaining about fountain drinks. Yeah, the water's tasting, tasting dirty, funky. What's wrong with it? We'll find out after the news. Mike and McCarty, one one. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, we're honored to have William Daniel, Director of Shreveport's Water and Sewerage, join us this morning. Uh, good morning, first of all. Good morning. How are y'all doing? We're doing well. There's been several posts on social media, uh, people asking, "Hey, have you had the fountain drinks and at different restaurant locations?" Uh, throughout Shreveport, saying that the they they taste dirty and the water the water is not good. Do you have you heard anything about this? And and if so, what what's being done? Yes, we have heard those complaints, and uh, to all the people who are complaining, they are one hundred percent correct. The water does not taste as good as it normally does. What's wrong? We okay. So we are in the midst of a very a large project at the water plant, and we are switching over to how we uh, make the water taste fresher and um, better, fresher and better tasting water through this project. Unfortunately, in the post-pandemic supply chain issues, we've had some delays, and one of the filtering treatments that we use to, to to make the water taste better currently, uh, we've had to abandon for probably the last um, three weeks. Uh, we are going to be online with the new treatment process probably the second week of July. Oh, in my. the meantime, so we're about a month mean, out. <laughs> well, in the meantime, in the meantime, we have managed to get our old filtering system back in place uh, that's going to start up probably again today but for the last couple of weeks we have not been able to filter filter the water for taste i mean the, the water quality is, is perfectly safe and nothing but definitely there has been an issue with taste uh, and we will have that hopefully resolved by the end of today when i drink a lemonade from an undisclosed location Famous it, for their lemonade. Yeah, and it tastes dirty. And, you know, you do the tongue to the roof of the mouth thing. And not, not, what is it that I'm tasting? Is it actual dirt? Is it, I mean, what is it that's no, in the water? There's no, there's no dirt in the water. I mean, um, it's just like, you know, it's like anything else that you, when you filter it for taste and smell. Some, you know, we, people don't really understand about the water when i say people when i tell people oh we make water they don't really get it i mean how do you make water you know it comes from the lake well there are 
particulates in the lake and everything, and we take all those out. That's that's all the turbidity. But those particulates do leave a certain taste in the water that we normally filter out and we are able to filter out. But due to the process and the construction out at the plant, we have not been able to do that for a couple of weeks. Mm. We were hoping that it was not going to be that long, but like I said, a lot of equipment got delayed and everything was only supposed to be, as a matter of fact, there was supposed to be no delay. Uh, we were supposed to keep the old filtering progress process in and then switch over to the new filtering process. Well, is there something but, that uh, restaurant owners can do in the meantime, or you said the old filtering system is going to go into effect today? It's going to go back into effect today, yeah. We filter it with carbon, and um, we've been able to restart that. We're going to restart that today. So people probably, should notice a difference after today. People should notice a difference after today. I want to, but I, I do want to stress that there's nothing wrong with the water. Will not, not make you ill. It just doesn't taste as good as it normally does. But we're, we're we think we're going to have that corrected again today. But we don't want our lemonade to taste like dirt. You know what I mean? And cokes. People no, are saying. I mean, it, it, are there certain drinks that it's better in? I don't know. Is there a better <laughs> drink to order today? <laughs> Well, you know, I drink I drink the water out of the tap. I haven't actually noticed it, so. Well, I was going to uh, say my my palate is not as discriminating as, as some people. <laughs> Talking to William Daniel, director of water and sewage for the city of Shreveport, I was going to say apparently I don't drink out of my tap enough because I haven't noticed it either. Mm-hmm. But we have gotten some complaints. There has definitely been complaints, and we understand it. Uh, we are aware of the problem, and we are moving to correct it as quickly as possible unfortunately you know when you make improvements and and this ozone is going to be a major improvement i don't think the water tasted bad with our old carbon filtering process this is going to be way better than that okay and you think it'll be in and ready to go mid-july is what you're hoping for yeah we we're hoping that the the new process will be available about mid-july well, that's exciting. Yeah, that's good news. Glad. And the old process is going to come come back in today. Okay, good it's to hear. When you're building, when we're building something as as big and complicated as we are, we're having to move lots of lines, and one of the uh, processes that we were unable to move immediately and get right back online was uh, the filtering, uh, the old carbon filtering process. But we. Right. Well, then have the, that back up and running again. Then today. they weren't baseless complaints because you know people will get online and they'll bitch and moan about all kinds of stuff. But I this don't was do founded. that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't naming names. Look, we take we take yeah, every McCarty. complaint seriously, and if people, you know, like I said, we ought to have the water. Uh, it ought to start tasting better again today. I mean, it's going to take a little while because there's still a lot of water in all the pipes and everything. It's mm-hmm. got to move through. I'll text you but, after I get my lemonade today, all right? <laughs> yeah, after after a day okay. or so, if the water's not tasting better, let me know. Because, I like I said, we want to have – we pride ourselves on the quality of the water in Shreveport. Well, gotcha. we appreciate you uh, stepping up and talking with us this morning. I'm always happy to do it. Thank you, sir. Thanks, William Daniel, Director of Water and Sewage for the City of Shreveport with Mike and McCurry.
1017 FM 710 Kiel, Mike and McCartney. So you're you're not nuts, unlike what Ruben says. I know. Says. I, I, He's I, no longer than I am. I well, was, actually, not really. We, we worked together 40 <laughs> years ago, but... I was thinking about it the other day after I had a, a little, literally had a thing of lemonade, and then I saw something on uh, the Southern Hills page. I saw something on the Broadmoor page about why is the water tasting dirty all over Shreveport? And I thought, let me taste this lemonade and let me see if they're all full of baloney or not. And I took a sip of my lemonade and I was like, Ugh, like my dog in does. Your lemonade. <laughs> Oh, I was, nasty. you know how your dog does that tongue thing. <laughs> I was like that with my Eating lemonade peanut butter. Yes, <laughs> it's mean. Don't do that to your dog. I know you have done that, Martindale. Uh, you too, Reuben. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Dog torture. They love I mean, it. I mean, <laughs> they, do. It, they love it. It annoys them a little, but yeah. then they also get a treat. So. They love it. They <laughs> their tongue goes way out. <laughs> yeah. But my my, it was it was tasting kind of funky. So I'm hoping it sounds like today they'll have the fix in, which is a good thing. And then yeah, our water gonna, will get back to normal. Yeah, what he said, in case you missed our last segment, we spoke with William Daniel, director of water and sewage for the city of Shreveport, and said, yes, there has been an issue. Mm-hmm. They're redoing the uh, the filtering system, not this, not the purity system but the taste filtering system right right and uh it they've had they've had issues with supply chain and getting equipment uh that took longer than they were expecting so they're going to implement the old filtering system to get the water tasting back to normal mm-hmm. uh until the new stuff is up and running yeah because so there was an issue i thought i was nuts and i thought am, am i the only one and then i started seeing those posts and I started seeing people gripe, and then people were saying, "Well, I'm only drinking bottled water or bottled fountain drink, and bottled bottled sodas now. Don't get a fountain drink because they taste funny, but it does not harm anything. It's not dangerous. It's right. not. He uh, says it's, it's not a problem. It's perfectly safe, and I believe him. But come on, if I pay a buck ninety nine for lemonade, well, I but, want it to taste like freaking lemonade. Well, but it's not the restaurant's fault. Well, they ought to at least put a thing there. Hey, our water tastes like dirt. I guess maybe I wouldn't. Maybe they shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Sales for lemonade plummet. Restaurant goes out of business. <laughs> if they put chicken tastes like dirt, I don't oh, think I'd buy it. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, so I guess maybe you can't. But yeah, it's been a problem all across the city. And I didn't realize, you know, I thought, well, let's see if he can help us. And sure enough, it is a problem. And they know about it and they're working on it. Right. So. But the part, this this uh, supply chain stuff, it hits in so many little ways. Excuse, yes. You know, because they, they would have had this fixed a long time ago, but to get the stuff here. They're waiting on equipment. It's taking time. Yeah. That's the problem. So, I don't know. I But I want some good lemonade. <laughs> I guess I could make it myself. Yeah. What am I talking like that for? I don't know. <laughs> Where did that come from? Going back to earlier, my crazy comment Lemonade. had nothing to do with the water. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're going to make homemade lemonade, you got to talk like that? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Can you edit that all out? Yeah, I'm going to edit that. Okay, yeah. thank you, Take Ruben. that out of the network feed. Please do. Oh, Oh, man. my God. Uh, I just, uh, I, I have to, I, I just got pictures. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about that when you get back? Oh, okay. Please. Hold on (laughs) yourself. Okay. Mike and Mike.
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Look, and I know people are like, no, not again. Stop talking about grandma. <laughs> and I understand. Look, I, I have, you know, I you have friends it. and they go, hey, let me show you pictures of me. And there's, you know, a, a, a two month old baby. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay. You know, yeah. it looks like every other baby. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. I don't Bold care. Bullheaded, yeah. This is a little different situation. My daughter yeah. is in South Africa. Well, yeah, what's the status? Update us for um, folks who don't know. She's she's uh, has adopted now. Okay. The, the court procedure took about four minutes, she said, <laughs> because the judge was awesome and read through all the paperwork before they even got into the courtroom. Oh. She said that never happens. You usually have to sit there while the judge reads through Goes all through the it. paperwork. Uh, she did all that before. So when does she get to come home? Well, she still has to be there. Uh, she said she found out yesterday they have to get a passport photo. Oh. And so trying to take a picture of a four-year-old. Oh, gosh. Know, okay. And get a passport photo. So there's some still still some things that she's got to do. Does getting a passport there take as long as here? Because it took I, me eight weeks to get mine. The, well, that's what I asked. Well, yeah. she's got to be there three months. Oh, you so know, she Another has time. three months anyway. Okay. Uh, so hopefully she'll have time. She I'm said it doesn't why. take that long. Why? Why do they make them stay I, that long? I'm know. curious about it's that. It's a foreign government. Yeah. She did say somebody from Brussels came over, adopted a baby, and left. Oh. And she said it's more difficult for the United States citizens because um, the United States government won't work with the South African government. Mm. Like Brussels did. Brussels apparently made some, you know, some some okay. legal changes to their to their system that, and so South Africa was very gracious and said, okay, mm, yeah. So I I don't know. It's right. It's politics, and we know how politics go. Mm-hmm. But she yeah. just sent me pictures this morning. They're seven hours ahead now. So it, let's see, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, one, two, three. It's three and thirty in the afternoon there. But you got those pictures. A, he's adorable. He's, he's he is a little doll. He really is. My gosh! And she said, I don't know if I sent you that one. She said he's just looking up. Oh she my said, gosh! Those eyes. He's so cute. So, he's so cute. Um, she's you know she's she's. She's she's got a, a job in front of her. Mm-hmm, yeah, know, coming when, even when he gets back, but right, he'll be able to mm. uh, get the care he needs, and we're very excited. Uh-huh. My wife's going to end up. She was going to stay a month, but I think she's coming home next week. Oh, is she? Okay, yeah. so no more batching it. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, she's coming home. I'll have to drive. I'll, I'll have to drive over to Dallas next week. I I forgot to tell you. Oh, okay. I'll take a day. Um, no worries. And then. Uh, and then she's going to Mexico. Our trip, our church does a, med- a medical mission, mission trip every year. My goodness. And she's already got that plan. So she's, she's freaking out about taking a month off with no pay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because <laughs> we all know I ain't rolling in it over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, that's exciting. He is adorable. I can't Thank wait till you. you get your hands on him. I know, I know. It's oh. it's but Aaron, this has been a, a over over two years. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh. it's it's not even real yet. No, if that makes it, sense. He was two years old when we started this process. Yeah, I can't wait. I got to get the voice. Got to change all that stuff to uh, Happy Pappy and McCartney. No. <laughs> <laughs>
He does react when we do FaceTime. Does he? he yeah, he puts his head right on my phone. Oh, it's wow. So cool. That's it's really so cool. cool. And, and smiles and laughs. Oh, that's so cool. I'm excited for you. Thank you very much. And and, I, and those listening, thank you for indulging. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I apologize. I know most of you go, I don't, couldn't care less. Yeah. I understand. I get it. Yeah. McCarty. What? One oh one seven FM Excuse me. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. You years, need the Heineken maneuver? Years ago. I mean years ago. And it was on this very radio station frequency, not in this building. Mm-hmm. Um I was working overnights, midnight to six AM. Jeff Edmond came in mm-hmm. at six AM. And, and one morning oh, I loved Jeff. Loved Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one morning he brought in some powdered sugar donuts. And, oh. and I'd hang out for a little while, you know, after I got off. And he and, and over the years, we got to be good friends and work with him for a long time. Um, and for those that don't remember, he was a, a, a morning disc jockey here mm-hmm. in town. Yes, um, long time. For a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, his daughter works here. Yeah, she's one of the head honchos. I remember when yeah. she was born. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember. But he brought in these powdered sugar donuts, and I... And I went to pop one in my mouth and inhaled at the same time. Oh, no. Powdered sugar. Aaron, as I was opening the microphone. So oh, it was it was no. like 71. Oh, it was, it gosh. Was Miserable. That's what it reminded me of just now. Mm. But I didn't have the excuse of a powdered sugar donut. Just. <laughs> you know what? He, I'm, I'm, when we talk about Jeff, and I'm, people that are listening may remember him, may not. I'm not sure. He was the first. He taught me how to cook something that, OMG, he taught me. He said, "I want you to go home and we used to always compare dishes because he was a pretty decent cook and he liked okay. to go shop the grocery ads and all that. So we would compare." And he said, "I want you to go buy you a pork loin. Oh, I want you to cut it. Sounds great off right off the I bat. Know. I want you to cut it open, make like a little tunnel in it. Take the top piece off, but make a little tunnel. So, so cut it." where you make like a little uh, horseshoe in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, you're ruining a good pork loin. What are you doing? And he goes, then I want you to take some down-home sausage. I want you to slice it. I want you to put it down in that pork loin generously. And then I want you to put the top back on it. Right. And then I want you to wrap that in bacon. Bacon, yep. <laughs> and then I want you to tie it with, you know, your cooking, the cooking thread, the, the string you use right. for cooking. And I want you to bake that baby. And then I want you to try it and I want you to tell me. I couldn't oh, wait for the next that, day to talk to him. That I had to call than him. A turducken. Oh my God, Mike. That now, was now so how did good. you do the down home sausage? Did you chop it up pretty fine? No, I sliced you? it into about four inch sections. And I sliced it in half and then in half again. So it was like quarters. And then I just laid them all on top of each other, like okay. almost like okay. a train track I in gotcha. there. Yeah. And oh, holy, you can't make that now because I don't, I, you know, I'm by myself. How am I going to eat that whole dang thing? Reuben? I, I, I knew Hello. you were. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be over this evening. So, <laughs> or, or, or Tupperware. Hello. Uh, no. Yeah. 
I my wife's oh, out of town. Hello. Yeah. It is so good. <laughs> and I mean Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I and I do my mama was Some a sweet baby rays oh, on top of that. My mom was a big um pork loin was we, pork loin and ham was our go to. We were not turkey people. We would have a turkey every now and then, but for Thanksgiving, Christmas, it was a pork loin okay. and a ham. And Mama would put the pineapple all over the ham, but her pork loin would be stuffed with garlic, and it would be seared where it had kind of a crust on the outside of it. <gasps> did I just go into a coma? Yeah. I think I did. Yeah. I was about to check you for a stroke. I, I, I can see the meat sweats already oh starting. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. And so this compared to my Mama's, because I actually added some of the garlic in there, too, with the down home. Oh, man. Oh man! So why'd you bring him up? I, Just now, well, I'm hungry. When I when I choked as I was opening the mic, it immediately <laughs> reminded me of that story. I'm gonna have to go make one of those dang things now. Ooh. Okay, yeah, Ruben, okay. Ruben and I both say okay. <laughs> and well, the end piece, oh, oh is to it die crispy? for. Oh, is it, oh, to die for. Shut up. I'm sorry. One hundred one seven FM seven. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. We, uh, we you know we talked to Sh- uh, Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith a while back about the uh, substations. I think he's coming tomorrow, so I'm, I'm working on it. We'll see. Nice. Um, trying to get him, but they've they've got two sites now, right? They're they're, they're uh, originally planning for three substations: North Shreveport, West Shreveport, and South Shreveport. Mm-hmm. And um. The one on, on North Market is uh, at the old Moran Galvanizing Plant. Okay. Uh, up near North Hearn on North Market. Right. Then there's going to be one that's, uh, from what I understand, nailed down off of Monk House. I think it's the old Formosa plant. I believe that's what I heard him say. It's it's between like I-20 and Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's north of, of I-20. They were the the bond proposal was six million for the substations. I believe I'm correct. Okay. And they were to build three. We have those two sites picked, but as you heard the mayor yesterday say, we're going to have to go with those two for now and see how much money is left over to see if we can do the third in South Shreveport, which they don't have a site for yet. Correct. Okay. Right. Yeah. They don't. That's these are the only two locations that have been uh, confirmed. Right. By the police department. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, they're hoping that this will help fight our crime problem, that we'll have, you know, we'll have kind of like a headquarters in different parts of the city mm-hmm. that could react quicker, could be a place where people can go if they need help and and lots of things like that. So I'm, you know, I'm excited about it. Don't know the construction timetable. I hope, I, I think they would like to get it all done in a year, but I don't know if they'll be able to make that with, again, with the supply chain stuff going on, inflation right. and all that. You just don't know. You never know. And I know I know there's been opposition. And and one of the biggest things that that people have told us is, you know, well, we can't take care of things that we have. Mm, you're right. Why are you building new things? Mm-hmm. And and I understand that, but this is this is one of those things in in my humble opinion that you know I think this will be more of a good thing than it will be a negative. And, and we asked Chief Smith. 
about maintenance of the facilities, and that'll be part of the budgeting process. Absolutely. They'll have to. you just got to take. We cannot let what happened to our existing police station happen. We can't let what happened to Fairgrounds Field yes. happen. We could go on and on with yeah, that yeah, list. Yeah, the go. convention yeah. center and on and on and on. Oh, my gosh. I mean, there are just lots of issues with lots of city buildings. But we've got to take care of it. And then the process will be to build a new police station. As they can move some of these operations out and to the substations and move into different sections, they can then start building a new main police headquarters where it is now, and it'll be state-of-the-art. It'll be secure, way more secure, because that building down there was a medical facility first. A long, long time ago. Then it was City Hall. City Hall, right. And now it's a police station. So it's got a ton of entrances and exits. It's got, you know, it's not secure enough for I remember years ago, and I had uh, dealt with Chief Wayne Smith mm-hmm. uh, before he was chief. This is on on just a, another issue. I know I wasn't arrested. Oh, back then. I was wondering if that wasn't <laughs> okay. But I remember going into his office and thinking, I didn't say anything. Wow. This place is a dump. It's a rattle. Not his personal, but I'm just talking about the building, mm-hmm. the facility. Yeah, it's bad. It had that that lime kind of green, you know, that that old industrial mm-hmm. green paint Ugh. in the floor. It was like, wow. It's now got mold. Was, and, that was yeah. 20 years ago. Absolutely. It is a mess. So I'm hoping we'll have the chief on tomorrow to talk about this and find out, you know, are we going to move forward with a third or do we need to wait a little while longer, make sure, see how far this money stretches. I think that's kind of the, the best option at this point because if they both cost, if they each cost $3 million instead of two, you can't do the third. You know, you just uh, won't have the money yeah, to do it. So. Right. We'll have to see the price tag for each of these. And you know it's not going to go down. No. And the nice thing is the North Shreveport Business Association donated the land for the North Shreveport right. one. Which Two is and a half cool. acres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, Move Griffon's knocking on the door. we got to get out. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike.